0: about that all right so we're gonna jump into tonight I, my name is Steve and uh, this is Chi Alpha. so thanks so much for coming uh, we love Jesus we love each other and we love being a family and so uh, uh, if you're here your family and so thank you for being part of this and and uh, thank you for being here tonight uh, tonight I'm excited I, I want to talk about uh, the Holy Spirit tonight is that okay if we do that all uh, right we, we really love the Holy Spirit in Chi Alpha, and uh, uh, some of you have maybe different things that come to mind when we talk about the Holy Spirit. And uh, if you if you grew up in church, you've probably heard of the word Trinity before. If you did not, that might be, like, really crazy to you. But the Holy Spirit is uh, is part of the, the Trinity of God. So God, our God, is uh, three parts. He is, uh, he is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay, uh, if you, if you maybe have never heard of this before, please come talk to me. I, I can explain it better later. But if you, uh, th- many of us maybe have heard something about that much. Now, if I were to ask you uh, to, actually, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna do this in here. Everybody, close your eyes. Everybody, close your eyes. Okay. Now I want you to picture uh, God the Son, meaning that that's Jesus. Okay. Picture Jesus in your mind. How many of you raise your hand if you have a picture of Jesus in your head? Raise your hand. All right. How many of uh, how many of you uh, have him look something like a the the person who played Jesus from the Passion of the Christ? Raise your hand. Be honest. All right. All right. Very good. So uh, now I want you to continue, keep your eyes closed. Uh, I want you to picture God the Father. It's a little bit more difficult, maybe. All right. How many of you have a picture in your head? Raise your hand. Okay, good, good, most of you. Now I want you to picture God the Holy Spirit. There's some chins being rubbed and some confusing looks on people's faces. All right, so open your eyes, all right? So uh, most of you, when I asked you to picture Jesus, raise your hand. Said you had a picture of Jesus in your head probably most of you pictured a Jesus something like this picture that we are gonna have put up. There he is. Alright. <laughs> I purposely I purposely picked the uh the most ridiculous Jesus picture I could find on Google Images, alright? <laughs> like, like I'm not really sure what he's doing if he's like hey, like I, I don't really know. I wish we we should meme this actually is what we should do. Uh I mean that is I'm not sure if this is a, a picture of Jesus or if this is a Pantene Pro-V commercial, but uh, that is that is nice flow, Jesus. Thank you very much. All right. All right. Now, when you pictured God the Father, maybe you pictured something like this. Uh, someone, you know, this, like, bearded man sitting in a cloud on a throne in heaven somewhere like that. All right. How many people, like, they're like, yeah, Steve, that was in my brain. All right. <laughs> a few of you. All right, now God, now God the Holy Spirit's a little bit more difficult, right? It's a little bit harder to picture the Holy Spirit. Uh, so let's just take a quick survey. How many of you pictured something like this dove? Any Anybody? All right. Sometimes we represent the Holy Spirit uh, with a dove, all right? In the Bible, actually, the Holy Spirit is represented uh, through a dove. And so sometimes we think about the Holy Spirit this way. Uh, sometimes the Holy Spirit's more like, in our minds, it's more like a mist. It might look like this right, just, like, hovering over the earth, like, we're not really sure, right? Uh, some of you maybe, how many of you have ever heard the Holy Spirit referred to as the Holy Ghost before, all right, so some of you maybe had, had this picture in your mind, uh, I don't know if we got that or not, no, it didn't work, ah, oh, shucks, I'd like a cartoon, like, Casper the Ghost, uh, <laughs> so uh, so there you go, uh, you guys can all picture that in your heads, right, the Holy Spirit is a little bit of a mystery, right? God is three parts. He's Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He is one God. Uh, as Christians, we believe in one, the one and only true God. But he is three parts, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we can, we can obviously, you know, picture Jesus because he walked on earth, right? Like, we can read about him in the Bible. We, we know exactly what he said. We know accounts of the things that he did and all of these different things, right? And we can picture God the Father because, well, we, like Father, we can wrap our brains around Father, right? Some of you maybe are here tonight and you say, well, Steve, my my view of Father is a little bit skewed because my dad was not a good dad. But either way, however we kind kind of figured out, we kind of can wrap our brains around that. The Holy Spirit's a little bit harder to wrap our brains around. And so what I want us to do tonight is I want us to understand that the Holy Spirit is a person of God. That he is someone who we can talk to, someone we can interact with, that he has character traits, and that we can actually get to know the Holy Spirit. Did you guys know that? that he's not just some, like, mist, kind of, like, floating around, all right? And uh, he's not some, like, weird, mystic, mystical thing. The Bible actually talks a lot about the Holy Spirit and describes exactly who the Holy Spirit is. And exactly, kind of what what his character is, what his role is in our lives. And tonight, before we before we even talk about kind of what the Holy Spirit can do in our lives and through our lives, we have to understand who he is, and we have to get to know him. All right. So, how many people would like to make a new friend tonight? Anybody? All right. So we're going to talk to the we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit as if we're getting to know a friend. Is that okay? All right. That might sound weird to you, but just hang in there. Okay. All right, so John 14 is where we're going to be for Scripture. If you guys have your Bibles with you, I'll have you turn there. I encourage you to bring your Bible to Chi Alpha. If you don't have a Bible, we have a free Bible for you uh, with your name on it. Actually, it probably doesn't have your name on it, but uh, uh, Michaela will write your name in the Bible back at the the info table. uh, And so make sure to grab one uh, before you leave tonight if you need a Bible. So in John 14, verse 15, we see Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit. And he's trying to teach his disciples about this, uh, uh, about the Holy Spirit, which is kind of a little bit of a a hard to understand principle for them. Okay, and so we're going to be in verse 15 and it says this. If you love me, you will obey what I command and I will ask my father and he will give you another counselor. Everyone say counselor to be with you forever forever. The spirit of truth. Everyone say truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. He's talking about the Holy Spirit here, right? In other words, it's a little bit harder to understand who this guy is, is what Jesus is saying. And the world can't wrap their brain. They can't accept him because they can't wrap their brain around him. We can't put the Holy Spirit in the box, right? He's not in just one place at one time like Jesus was at this time, right? So... It's a little bit harder to put to put this guy in the box is what he's saying. And then uh, Jesus goes on. We're going to skip past a few verses to verse twenty five. And it says, all this I've spoken while I was still with you. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. All right. So does Jesus think the Holy Spirit's a good guy? Yes, he does, right? And he's trying to teach the disciples. Uh, They're probably, obviously, they needed further instruction on this because Jesus obviously must have seen that they weren't fully understanding this. So just a little while later, Jesus goes back to it, and we're going to jump ahead now to chapter 16. In the same book, so John chapter 16. And uh, we're going to start there in verse 5. And it says this in verse 5. Now I am going to him who sent me. Yet none of you asked me, where are you going? Because I've said these things and you were fi- filled with grief. Now, what is Jesus saying here? Jesus is saying that, hey, in a little while, I'm going to go and die. And I have to die. Jesus had to die because that's what he came to this earth to do, was to, 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 to become the sacrifice for our sins. And Jesus had built three years of relationship with his disciples. They were bros. They were were friends. They 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 had deep friendships developed with these these people. And Jesus is about to go die. And obviously, if your friend were to come to you and say, Hey, I'm going to die in a little while I'm going to leave you, you'd probably be sad, right? And so Jesus is trying to comfort them, and he comforts them in a very interesting way. He says, But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I'm going away. That's like a pretty bold statement. I'm just gonna pause there for just a second. We're talking about Jesus here, right? We're not talking about some like Joe Schmo who's like our next door neighbor and maybe we saw once in a while and we said hi to him as we were mowing our lawn. Hey, you know, heard you were moving. Too bad, right? Like, not like he wasn't like that. This was Jesus. Saying that he was going to die and leave. And he says, no, 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 no. Hear me out on this, guys. This is a good thing. How can that be a good thing, Jesus? How can it be a good thing that you're leaving? And he goes on to say this. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Okay, that's pretty awesome, right? When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. Skipping ahead to verse 12, it says, I have much more to say to you, more than you now can bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. All right. So the fact that Jesus said... That there was one coming after him, the one that my father has promised, as he says in the book of Luke, the one that my father has promised is coming, and that it is a good thing that I'm going away so that the Spirit can come. What does that tell us about the Holy Spirit? I mean, how many people would agree that Jesus was a pretty awesome dude? Raise your hand. All right? But Jesus says, no, 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 guys, don't worry, because the Holy Spirit's coming, and it's going to be even better. What? So if we say that, yeah, I love Jesus and I and I love having a relationship with him, how much more should we say, man, I love the Holy Spirit and I want to pursue relationship with the Holy Spirit. Right. I want to get to know who he is. If I need to know who Jesus is, I should know who the Holy Spirit is, because obviously. This is important, right? Now this was a radical idea for the disciples. I need you guys to hear this. This is a, this is a radical idea. It says in Joel, so if you if uh, you, you turn your Bibles back, you don't have to turn there, but if you turn back into the Old Testament, in the in the prophecy of Joel, Joel is one of the the minor prophets and in the Old Testament what would happen is the Holy Spirit would come upon someone move upon them in power, and they would prophesy, and they would say the things that God wanted them to say on his behalf, okay? So they spoke to the people on behalf of God, and Joel said this in chapter 2, verse 28. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Okay. Why was this a radical prophecy? Well, because in Jesus' time, during this moment in, in his, or during excuse me, during Joel's time, the spirit was only moving just on the prophets. He would move on the prophets and then he would lift, right? Or he would move on a king, and they'd, he'd, he'd dominate in battle, and then the, the spirit would lift, right? But Joel is saying that, man, there's going to come a time when the Holy Spirit is going to be available to anybody and everybody. And that that some thank you Courtney. Uh, Courtney's excited about this. Some of you are like, huh? But uh, what he's saying is that listen, the God of the universe, the Holy Spirit, is God, right? So he's saying is the God of the universe is going to come and literally be inside and surrounding every single believer, not just the people who hold an office of prophet. Not just specific people that God chooses to use at specific times, but every single person. This is why Jesus was so excited about it. He says, no, 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 no. You guys think this is exciting? Walking with me every day? Ah, oh, you ain't seen nothing yet. Because the Holy Spirit's going to come, and he's going to be with all of you all at the same time having the ability to move inside of you and through you at the same all at simultaneously at the same time doing completely different things in each and every one of your lives come on people the god of the universe says that i'm going to be with you that's the holy spirit that's a big deal what a privilege it is i want you guys to see how big of a privilege that is and so who is this guy right let's get to know him who is he So we have five character traits of the Holy Spirit that I want to talk about tonight. Number one is that in order to know the Holy Spirit, we need to understand that he is a teacher. He is a teacher. In John 14, verse 26, we already read it, but it says that he will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. All right. Now, how many people in here have ever had a really good teacher? We can all, we can all ma- imagine that person, right? Uh, uh, we, we've all had that not-so-good teacher. How many people have had not-so-good go teacher? I was a teacher. Okay, I was a science teacher before becoming a pastor. Uh, don't hate me, all right? Uh, some of you are like, boo, science. I don't like you, Steve. Uh, good. Thanks, Courtney. Wow. Well, this is really encouraging tonight. I appreciate that. Uh, some peop- sometimes people ask me, Steve, why did you become a teacher? Uh, like, what teacher inspired you to become a teacher, uh, to become a science teacher specifically? I said, oh, that's easy. It was Mrs. Beener, all right? And uh, like, oh, wow, like, Mrs. Beaner must have been a really great teacher. And I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, she inspired me to be a te- to be a teacher because I didn't want ever anyone to ever have to have a teacher like Mrs. Beaner. So uh, uh, anyways, don't tell her I said that, all right? Is this recorded? I'm so, that was really mean. I didn't mean that. Uh, she just, you know, I, I just was like, you know, I want to have class be exciting and interactive. Anyways, uh, forgive me. Forgive me. That wasn't very nice. But anyways, God is, the Holy Spirit is a teacher. We totally derailed there. The Holy Spirit is a teacher. He gives us guidance. He gives us wisdom. Okay? Now, why is this important to have a teacher? Well, because Jesus makes it very clear that he will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that i have said to you now how many of you need some reminders every once in a while in your life right like oh, I, I remember that one thing that they said ah oh, just what what was that again right the holy spirit reminds the holy spirit's going to remind you of the things that i have that i have taught you okay so here's the deal about the word of god we believe that this book that we call the bible is the written word of God, right? Now, the Bible, we can look at the Bible and we can say this is a historical text, right? Because it is a historical text, right? We, we know that there's a lot of history is contained in the Bible. And we can look at the Bible as a historical text and interpret it as a historical text. We can look at the original language that the Bible was written in and interpret it. But the Holy Spirit takes it one step further And the Holy Spirit, because he's such a good teacher, gives us something that we call illumination. Everybody say illumination. See, the Holy Spirit says, I'm not just going to let you interpret this, but I'm a good teacher. And so I'm going to illuminate scripture. What that means is that he is going to apply it to your life specifically for you, you and your circumstances that you are walking through. See, we believe that this is the living and active word of God. Not just a historical context, not just a historical text. This is the living, active word of God. And when the Holy Spirit gets involved when we read this thing, when I preach or whatever, right, he illuminates the truth that is in here. And he says, I am not only going to interpret this for you, but I'm going to apply it to your life specifically. And that is why there is literally no joke, an infinite amount of wisdom in this book. There are a finite number of words, a finite number of sentences, a finite number of books, chapters, verses, all of those things. But there is infinite wisdom in this book because the Holy Spirit is a teacher. And he says, guess what? I'm not just going to interpret what that means, but I'm going to tell you how that applies to your life today for this moment, for this situation, for this burden, for this pain, for this need that you have in your life. That's good news, guys. That's the God that we serve. He could have just left it as a historical text and said, "Trust me, right? <laughs> Here's the book. Trust me, right?" But no, He made it living and active through the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm, yeah, I get excited about this stuff. So, all right, number two is that He's not just a teacher, but that He is a counselor. The Holy Spirit is a counselor. What does that mean? Well, there's the, a teacher and a counselor are two different things, right? A teacher gives you information and application. A counselor gives you comfort and shows you, walks through life with you, right? Journeys alongside of you. A good counselor is a couple different things. A good, a good counselor is a good listener, right? They're able to listen. But they're not just a good listener, they are empathetic and sympathetic for what it is that you are walking through, right? And then a good counselor offers the right wisdom at the right time in the right way. Okay, so a good counselor listens, is sympathetic, and then offers what you need when you need it, even if you don't feel like hearing it sometimes, right? Okay, so that's what our counselor is. A counselor gives comfort in that sympathy. A counselor, a good counselor has compassion. And that's what the Holy Spirit is. He he is our comforter. He is compassionate. He says that he, he, he gives us peace. He takes our anxiety. He said that he gives us the words to say when we need the words to say. And I think that obviously... Even in, this, even in this passage, Jesus is saying, hey, listen, you are about to walk through something really difficult. Your best friend, mentor, teacher, rabbi, leader, however you want to, a million other titles that Jesus had in these people's lives is about to die. You are about to go through something really rough. But guess what? I'm sending you a counselor and the sessions are free, and they're not timed. And he will never check his watch. And he is always going to be there for you, and he has infinite amount of wisdom. And he will listen to you, and he will understand you, and he will pray for you, intercede for you, and and go to God for you on your behalf. What? That's our counselor. That's our Holy Spirit. And he gives us that peace. And if you're seeking peace in here tonight, man, I I love the fact that the Holy Spirit is my counselor. Because every single time I go through something tough in life, I can count on him to counsel me. And sometimes he tells me things that I don't necessarily want to hear, but that I need to hear. And you see, whenever I go through something tough, right, when there's pain, when there's hurt, when there's sickness, when there's death, when there's destruction, when there's whatever else, right? One of my favorite things to do is to just go and be able to sit in the presence of God and ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what is it that needs to be done in my life? What is it that you need to speak to me right now? And He always gives me the comfort and the peace that I need. And it's a beautiful thing. Some of you maybe have never experienced that tonight. You're going to experience it for the first time, and it's going to be life-changing. He's our teacher, and because he's our teacher, because of his wisdom and illumination, he can counsel us. And it's such a beautiful thing that, that he doesn't just have information, but he also has application and patience with us to help us apply those things as our counselor. And number three is that the Holy Spirit is our revealer. Scripture calls the Holy Spirit our revealer. In verse 8 of chapter 16, it talks about how he will convict the world of their sin, right? The Holy Spirit reveals parts of our lives. Now, what does that word mean? What does revealer, uh, convictor mean? You've heard me talk about conviction before if you've been coming to Kyle for long, but if you haven't, I need to explain this because it's really important. Conviction is not condemnation. The Holy Spirit does not bring condemnation, and he never brings shame. Okay, The Holy Spirit, though, sometimes is going to tell us things that aren't easy to hear. Because conviction is never easy to hear. Conviction, what conviction is, is it's God saying, Hey, I love you right where you're at, but I love you too much to see you stay there. Conviction is God saying, Hey, if you continue to make the decisions that you are currently making, if you continue to walk the path that you are currently walking, you are going to miss out on the fullness of the god-given destiny that i have placed in your life you're going to miss out on blessing that i have waiting for you if you don't if if you don't course correct the 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 results of sin are death and the holy spirit loves us too much to just watch us walk towards that path towards death and destruction and not say hey wait a minute this isn't gonna feel good but this is not the right thing to do see do you understand that that conviction is actually love right and that uh that the holy spirit loves us so much that he brings this this he reveals these things to us so this is what i'm gonna challenge you to do tonight uh I challenge you with this question. When, it, when is the last time we have asked the Holy Spirit to reveal things in our lives that maybe are not in alignment with his best plan for us? And not in such a way to just be like, uh, yeah, Lord, if you want to say something, come on. Right? But to actually bear our heart before him and say, hey, listen, I realize that I am a am a broken man or a broken woman and i need your help psalms 139 says it this way in verse 23 24 search me O god and know my heart try me and know my anxious thoughts and if there and if it excuse me and see if there be any hurtful way in me and lead me in the everlasting way because this is just good practice to sit down with the holy spirit and say hey listen God, what do you think about this situation? I'm really mad at this person. I'm so mad. What do you think about this situation? God, can, because can, a lot of times all we pray is like, God, I'm really mad. Can you strike him with some lightning bolts, right? <laughs> but what if we came to God and we said, God, I am hurting and I'm angry and I'm mad. Search me and know me, O oh God. And know my anxious thoughts. And if there's anything in me that is not in alignment with you, if there's any hurtful way in me, Lead me to the everlasting way. And you know what he's probably going to do? He's probably going to whisper in your ear and probably going to say, hey, listen. I know this hurts, but here's what I need you to do is I need you to forgive. I need you to swallow your pride and let go of bitterness because if you're bitter here, no, you're not going to win. You see, for me, a lot of times uh, I have found that uh, the Holy Spirit's voice in these times sounds a lot like my wife's voice. <laughs> like, remember that thing Aaron told you? Yeah, listen to that. <laughs> like, yeah, sorry, Steve, I hate to say this, but your wife was right, you know? It does, it sounds like that. Because my wife's really good at l- being able to to have perspective, the perspective of the Holy Spirit. Be like, Steve, your thinking's off here. And then I go to the Lord, and it's like, darn it, Aaron was right again. <laughs> The Holy Spirit just always teams up with her. So, <laughs> I'm like, come on. Just give me one, God. I just want to be right once, right? But here's the deal, is that the Holy Spirit sometimes isn't, isn't going to tell us what... Because if all, if all we're ever hearing is what we want to hear, we're never going to grow as an individual, right? We're never going to grow as a man or woman of God. And that's where God wants to bring us. The fourth thing that the Holy Spirit... Well, before I go to the fourth thing, sorry, cliffhanger. Uh, Because if we're not willing to humble ourselves to listen to the revealer, we will never receive the truth from the teacher. And if we won't receive the truth from the teacher, we will have an inability to be counseled by the Holy Spirit. Some of us want a counselor, but we don't want to respond to the conviction that comes in our lives. And some of you have been frustrated with God, Because he hasn't comforted you the way that you have wanted him to comfort you. When in reality, he says, no, he's, he's been convicting you of something for a long time. And he says, comfort is going to be coming through the response to the conviction that I gave you. But his hands are tied. Because he can't bring you the comfort that you need unless you respond to the conviction and step into alignment with his plan for you. Does that make sense? I feel like that's... A, a word for some people in here, and, and I, so just respond to the conviction. It's going to be worth it. And I'm not saying that God somehow plays weird games with us. What I'm saying is that conviction is okay, and when we respond to it, a powerful thing happens. The fourth thing is that the Holy Spirit is our, our source of power. And we're going to table this one until next week because we're going to talk about how the Holy Spirit is is is... What we have is is our power source to be an effective witness for the gospel in this world. And so we're going to talk about that next week. <laughs> Cliffhanger again. All right. And then finally, number five, is that the Holy Spirit is our advocate. He's our advocate. The Bible describes him as an advocate. What does that word mean? Because if you're like me, English is hard sometimes. And uh, that word means a person who argues for or supports the cause of something or someone. So the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is our deposit and is our seal of ownership. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22 says it this way. He anointed us and set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Now, here's why this is so significant. This is such a beautiful verse, okay? I have a friend. His name's Tyler Brandwright. Uh, Tyler Brandwright's my age, and I'm always impressed. I always ask him. He's an architect, right? And he's always, like, de- designing something new whenever I talk to him. It's really cool. Uh, like, hey, what are you designing today? Oh, I'm designing a a high-rise dormitory for North Dakota State University. Uh it's like, okay, you're twenty-eight years old and you're in charge of a like two hundred and fifty million dollar project. Good job, man. Like, I don't understand. How do you sleep at night? You know? Like that's that would make me really nervous. But every single time Tyler gets done with a set of drawings, he has to he has to put a stamp at the bottom of his drawings. And on that stamp, it says that this is and it's a specific seal with his specific architect licensing number on it. And he doesn't just stamp it, but then he also has to sign it to make sure that it wasn't someone else who stamped it. And what that does is it says, I certify that I have reviewed these documents and that if this building falls over, it is my fault. Right? He sets his seal of ownership upon that document. And his seal of ownership is a big deal. Because if a building falls over, Tyler's going to get sued. and He could end up in jail. Right? So obviously, a seal of ownership is a pretty big deal. How much more, how much bigger of a deal is it that the God of the universe would use the Holy Spirit as his seal of ownership upon us to say, no, 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 I approve. I approve of Michaela, and I'm going to set my seal of ownership upon her by giving her the Holy Spirit as a deposit. And, yeah, I know Michaela is not perfect right now, but I'm going to deposit my Holy Spirit in her so that the Holy Spirit would work out sanctification within her so that someday we can walk together in eternity and in perfection. Isn't that awesome? That the Holy Spirit trusts us, God trusts us enough to entrust us with this incredible gift. And then he says, I'm going to go to bat for you. I'm going to argue for you. I'm going to support your cause because I believe in you. See, the the Holy Spirit is what God uses to clothe us with his identity. Luke 24, 49 says that we we will be clothed with power from on high when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. And if you've ever put your name upon something, right? Maybe you put your name on something, you're like, ooh, I don't know, right? I don't know if I should have, like, been associated with that thing, right? God says, no, I will be associated with you so much so that I'm going to give you the greatest gift that I know how to give you, and that is me being with you constantly, forever, and always. Isn't that awesome? So here's how this applies to our lives. Some of you are in here, and you have a hard time believing that God can actually love you, you have a hard time believing that, that you actually are a son or daughter of God. Look no further than the Holy Spirit to trust that, man, God sent his advocate as a gift and as a seal of ownership upon you. That He says, I give this individual, if they would just put their trust in me as as their Lord and Savior, I will stamp them with my approval. And yes, I know God. I'm. I know that God. When God put His stamp of approval on Steve, I guarantee He was like, "Okay, that's a risk, right? <laughs> but God loves me so much that He did it anyways, right? And then He gave me His Holy Spirit. And if you're questioning whether or not God really wants to take ownership in you, the answer is yes, He does, and He does it so He He. He, he so much so believes in you as someone who can make it as a child, as make it as a son or daughter of God, that he stamps you with the greatest stamp of approval that he knows how to give you, which is himself, which is pretty rad. And he says, now go and be my ambassador. Speak to people on my behalf. What? Okay. So here's what we're going to do. The worship team can come back up. My question for you tonight is which character trait of God which character trait of God or which character trait of the Holy Spirit, excuse me. Do we need to understand better and approach tonight? Maybe you're here tonight and you said it's been a while since since I feel like the the Holy Spirit is t- I've ever really went, maybe I've never went to the Holy Spirit for truth and for wisdom. And tonight you need, you need guidance and revelation. I want you to say, Holy Spirit, my teacher, teach me whatever it is. I need guidance. I need revelation for something specific in my life. Maybe that's you tonight. I believe God wants to, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you and, and speak truth over you tonight. Maybe it's the counselor. You say that, man, I need healing. I need forgiveness. I need to forgive someone else. I have bitterness. I have hurt. I want you to approach the, count, the good counselor that we have in the Holy Spirit tonight and allow him to give you comfort and allow him to give you peace and allow him to speak some truth over you tonight. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, I need a revealer. This one takes a little bit of courage, okay? really does. To go to God and say, God, I'm not perfect. Search me and know my heart, oh God. Help me take another step into the fullness of my destiny because of what I'm going to do, because of what you're going to speak to me. I don't care if it's not easy to hear. I'm going to come before you humble, ready to hear it. And I just feel like, when, as I was praying over this message, I feel like I needed to share this. This has been on my heart for the last week. Uh, some of you, God is going to call to something kind of, kind of, uh, maybe a little bit radical in here, because he needs t- for he needs you to walk through a season of re-sensitizing your conscience to the Holy Spirit. Your your conscience has become so numb because of the influx of, of stuff that he's going to call you to something radical and uh, I just am going to ask you to say yes I encourage you to say yes maybe you're here tonight and you need an advocate you've never understood or really accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior but tonight you'd like to maybe you've never really fully understood who you are as a son or daughter of God, and you need to spend some time with the advocate tonight and have him just talk to you about how he sets his seal of ownership upon you and he approves of you. So if you bow your heads and close your eyes, I'm going to pray for us. Teacher, counselor, revealer, advocate, whatever one it is, you need guidance, you need comfort, you need healing, you need conviction, you need to understand identity. We're going to sing a song, and as we sing this song, I would just ask that you would say, Holy Spirit, I want to meet you in this place, and I want to, and then I want you to listen, because the Holy Spirit speaks to us. It's really beautiful, right? Look, it's a counselor that is quiet all the time. <laughs> speaks to us. and So I just want you to listen. It's the you might not hear an audible voice, right? But it might just be something that just gets laid on your heart, gently laid on your heart. A thought that pops in the head. Maybe just a a feeling of peace that comes over you. Whatever it is. But approach one of these character traits of the Holy Spirit tonight, and then we're going to come back together here in about about 5 minutes. So let's do that. Lord I that you'd speak to us tonight. Holy Spirit, would you move in whatever area we need you to move in Jesus' name?